Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Margot Masrai. With a wealth of diverse experience in advanced accounting techniques and bookkeeping, Margot brings passion and energy to the company she started back in 2003, MM Accounting and CFO's Solutions. She was inspired to start the business after witnessing many of her clients struggling to navigate the complex maze of financial jargon required to successfully run and more importantly, grow their businesses. More than a decade later, and after providing bespoke financial solutions to thousands of happy clients, MM Accounting and CFO Solutions has grown tremendously, recently being ranked among the top 18 bookkeepers in New York for a second straight year. Welcome to the show, Margot. So you. glad you're here. Me too. All right. Well, I am very curious about all of this because it's interesting. My mom was a bookkeeper. My mom taught me how to bookkeep when I was seven years old. I am curious about where you got inspired to become a bookkeeper and then where you got inspired to start your own business serving other people as well. Sure. So around when I was 12, it started to hit me more about the everyday challenges that my family was going through. I also saw tremendously around me how people were just always on some type of hardship. It just seemed to be a pattern. And I just didn't like that feeling. And I said to myself, there has to be a better way and there has to be more to a dollar than really what it seems. And it didn't have to be that hard. And my inspiration to start my own business was that I wanted to be around for my children. I saw that from my mom, you know, she would come home from the day, she would work so hard. And, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to rest and just lay down, but then you have to take care of your family. And it was just that constant strain. So when I was having my son, you know, from a lot of surroundings and loved ones, the opportunity came to really work for myself as a stay-at-home mom and things really grew. So the combination of both, you know, of both, it grew to today, you know, which became, you know, number three in New York of, you know, the top bookkeeping, which I've never imagined ever. So when you were 12, what was going on when you were 12? Like, did your parents have their own business or like, like what happened when you were 12 that made you start thinking about dollars? <laughs> My parents definitely did not have their own business. They definitely both worked for somebody. At school, I felt like this constant tagging of not being in the cool group or not being able to do things because I couldn't afford what the cool girls did or the cool group did. And I just didn't like that feeling. 
And it was always like a constant thing between school and then at home, my parents just always in this stress between each other about money. So everything around me was always money, 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 money. And it just felt like, you know, that was the strain on life. And if you took the hardship out of that, you can really start to live at a higher level. And that's really what I wanted to create. So, you know, I spent time bookkeeping when I was a kid, right? My mom had a yarn shop. And when I first stepped into a working situation beyond waitressing, I also did bookkeeping because I had the skill. Never in a million years would I equate bookkeeping with reducing stress around money. So help me make that bridge because maybe, and maybe it's because for me, that wasn't really my destiny and it really wasn't what I was best suited to do. It just happened to be a skill that I was trained in. So I would love to hear a little bit about how you have managed to unpack the magic that allows bookkeeping to take away stress. <laughs> so stress in in terms of bookkeeping, it really underlies that people just have no idea what goes on. And it was always the idea of not knowing. It would come into this paralyzation of, oh my God, oh my God, and all the variations of that. So through simple processes of like organizing things, of like having bank statements at your fingertips, credit card statements at your fingertips, actually opening your bank statement, stuff like that, it really starts to reduce the stress. And a lot of people were coming to me for these things. And I just seemed to always attract things like that. And the conversations of money and that alignment with people, it just kept coming into my energy. And when I saw that my processes and systems that people just kept, you know, coming to me for, things just kept evolving, you know, really on its own. Beautiful. So when you started your own business, did you have to leave behind a job? And if so, what was the process for you in making that decision to make that leap? So I was at an accounting firm and I was pregnant with my son and I chose that firm. It was in between two jobs and, uh, I chose that firm because it was closer to Bloomingdale's and uh, it was one of the other ones that it wasn't like the top five. I think it was like part of the top 10 accounting firms. And I saw my older sister, um, her struggles. She's also an accountant. And I saw what it did to her being in that next tier. And, you know, she was like one of the people who, you know, I saw as a model in my life and also just starting in my career, I decided to go where it was closer to Bloomingdale's. And they were both like comparable offers and things. I was pregnant with my son and I also saw the energy from the firm. I saw everybody really attacking things that had nothing to do with my credentials and seeing that it wasn't really my future that was really going to develop. So there was this job in my that just came up and it was happened to be for a designer, a famous designer, Joseph Aboud. And um, the opportunity came to me to work for him. And I applied at first, I wasn't going to apply. And it really just started to spiral because he said yes. And, you know, through that, the concept of working at home, it just really evolved. At that time, I was married. Now I'm recently divorced. So my ex 
you know, did inspire me at that time, you know, to do it so that I can be at home. And he did give me that initial push. Um, So all of those things really helped. I look back and I say, thank God I did it and that I followed it and I didn't fight the current. Um, Because when you fight the current, you're just resisting really what really your heart is. And I say today, like, and I cry thinking about this because like, I'm so thankful that I followed it. Mm, beautiful. I love that. Well, congratulations on your divorce. Thank you. I, I often like to just say that to people when they're yeah. in that process, because, yeah. um, you know, sometimes it's the best possible thing that can happen for you is to to let go of other things that aren't working. And so yeah. you're bringing two stories of letting go of things that weren't working, letting go of working for a company that was not uh, the right fit for you. And yes. then, then letting go of the, the husband that's no longer the right fit for you. So congratulations. You're a Thank model you. of letting go today, Margo. All right. Well, we got a few minutes before the break. So what I want to talk to you about now is when you stepped into uh, having your own business, what would you say was the biggest challenge for you when you did that? And, And what would you say your biggest challenge is today? Amazing question. I love this one. I could get taken away. So my biggest challenge I would say is being a woman in a man's world. And uh, I'm really comfortable saying that. And I think it took me many years to even, you know, to shout that out because I'm looked at as a woman. I'm looked at as, you know, a person who doesn't know. And also at a young age, it was also like with these constant beliefs and tags that I didn't know. And um, I have a CPA background, but I don't have my CPA. So it was a combination of, you know, not going to that next level of school and the concept of a woman that it was like that constant charge that I had to feel like I had to stand up to all the time before people would actually see me for my credentials and my skills. So it's almost like it was exhausting before it would take off. Um, Now my hardship is... It's really narrowing it down to what I want to focus to because like the world is open. Um, As you pointed out, letting go of things that didn't serve because I've done that work each day, it happens easier and easier for me. And really just prioritizing what I want to do is really, you know, my hardship. I don't find anymore that that hardship of the man thing lets me get that part like it did used to. It's more so now what is the best way that I can serve women, my following, and of course, men as well, uh, actually, you know, in the best way possible so that they can transform their life and not see money as hard, see accounting as fun and, you know, leave this concept with, you know, get sexy and get hot with your numbers. Because once you do, you know, life changes and it just gets easier. Sexy and hot with your numbers, girl. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, there's a couple of things that you said there that I just really want to underscore for our listeners. If you're in that phase where you're thinking about leaving behind your career and starting your own gig, particularly if you're in an industry like Margot is where it's predominantly male. So I spent years in the real estate industry and I had that same experience where, Mm. you know, you aren't taken as seriously or you're not respected for your intelligence or whatever because you have boobs. You know, I think all of us have been there. And 
you know, when you step into your own business, you're still going to navigate those things and you're going to be in a position initially where you are actually going for the business, right? Going for the business and and having to navigate the challenges of not only, you know, wanting to make the connection to have the business happen, but also those any other pieces of challenges that come along, whether you have the right letters after your name or whether you have boobs or, you know, whatever, whether you're a person of color, whatever those additional challenges are on top of the challenge of just making the connection to have business happen. And so you've been doing this since 2003. So you're now almost 20 years in. And what I want people to hear is that you're now at a place where you're actually starting to say no. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. And you're in that place where now you're in refinement. And that is such a blessed place to be. But it's also can be challenging to be overwhelmed with all of the opportunities and have to say, you know, have to get clear in your own no, right? Have, have to use your no muscle. So, yeah, I love that, Margot. And I'm really excited that you kind of brought that transit like that's that's the growth phase of being in your own business is it's freeing yeah it's freeing and no is a full sentence yes it is a full sentence no is a full sentence I I say that because you know people feel like that they have to give reasons of why and justify and all of those different things no you don't yeah you don't what you'd have to do is serve yourself first Because if you have oxygen, the rest of the world will have oxygen of who needs you and who is your surrounding. And it all starts with that inner power of that inner alignment of that power. And the first time you say no, it's like really, it really is hard. You feel guilt, shame, and all of those different things. And like you said, the struggle doesn't end. It just gets easier. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you currently right now, I have this high profile client. And just a few days ago, I had to fire him because the disrespect level to me and my credentials, it started to get over into where it just, there wasn't reasonableness of where we were going to get to a place. Mm-hmm. And of course you could imagine him as a male and his high profile that it didn't get received too well and all of these different things back. And I say, thank God, you know, it's information yeah. and you know, eventually it just gets easier in the way of that you realize also what's yours and what's theirs. Yeah. And the power comes into your skills, your alignment and what you want to share. And like you perfectly pointed out, it's the refinement of what you're going to do. And that's exactly what is, is that I'm refined with what I do, that it's, it's really clear cut. So once it comes to that, it just doesn't work. You also want to have a business every day that you love and that you wake up to. There's nothing worse. And I've been there where you're in this like cryptic situation and there's pain and like you get like all of these different things and then who loses? Not only do you lose, it's your family. Yeah. Everybody. And and the money doesn't come. The money doesn't come. Any money that does come is, is literally blood money. So exactly. It ends up, you lose it in a different way. And if you pay attention to that, you'll realize like if there's a bill or something like that, that came up, it's kind of like it just, and it's hard to believe in like, that's what was meant to be. But you get into that flow that you realize that, oh, wow, 
this is an easier way to work and it's effortless. Yeah, beautiful. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about getting sexy and hot with our numbers. (laughs) Right now, though, we can be smart women. We need your help. If you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation and get sexy and hot by sending us some numbers at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. There's a little magic button right there on the page where you can donate to support the mission. Uh, We'd also love to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends that you think might benefit from our content. And we want to say a thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're now in 69 countries. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. And I want to shout out this week to our listeners in New York, especially those listeners who made Margot one of the top 18 bookkeepers in New York for second straight year. So we'll be right back with Margot Misrai. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design? A life that is an extraordinary work of art. Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition. Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Margot Masrai. You can find out more about Margot and her business, and you can get a bookkeeping workbook. Boy, I wonder how we turn bookkeeping sexy and hot in a workbook. I'm going to have to go get that for myself. You can find that workbook at margomasrai.com. We will have that information for you in the show notes. And um, let us pick up where we left off, Margot, where you are really positioned at this point in your business in a number of different ways. Number one, you've got many years of experience now as a business owner. Uh, Number two, you have received awards, which is fantastic, and that gives you positioning as well. And number three, you have a much greater clarity and strength within yourself and power within yourself to know what to say no to, and even to the extent of firing clients. I love that. I love firing clients. I think that's awesome. So I want to ask you, Margot, how can you, with your genius, help our listeners to get sexy and hot with their numbers? And how do the numbers actually help them in their businesses or in their life to learn how to honor themselves? The first step to get sexy and hot with your numbers is to decide what's your first financial goal or what's the one thing that bothers you the most. It's generally that part, what bothers you the most is what moves you forward to really say to yourself as like, I can do this. And then it becomes contagious. Now you're kind of like, Hey, Margot, there's no way it's going to become contagious. It does. When you learn that when one thing turns on, 
you can do the next. And once you do that, you realize that you can come home with more money by just deciding how your money is going to go. Like I looked at my numbers this morning and I decided that I wanted to do something and I can tune something a little bit down and a little bit up so that it works in my favor. And once you have that and that you're in control, everything else flows around that. And to help you, I created that financial workbook so that each part of that, you have all the nine fundamentals of each area to support you in that journey. Great. So let's talk about the nine fundamentals of each area. Let's maybe just, uh, you know, bird's eye view, not detail, explain what each area is. Uh, number one. And number two, like, do you have like just keywords for the nine fundamentals of each area? Yeah. So you have accounts payable, Mm -hmm. you have accounts receivable. So accounts payable is like the bills that you have to pay. Receivables is our income as money that we receive. We talk about cash because lots of people still get confused about spending cash versus a credit card. Another area is using plastic, a credit card. Another area is setting calendar reminders. Calendar reminders is just so key because what we schedule our time for, you know, is how we respect and honor ourselves. And I always, and part of that, I know you said to say it broad, but how you schedule your time that you're going to show up. So like, as if you would show up for a client, you want to show up for yourself. Another one is whether we say accounts payable, accounts receivable, we have, oh, keeping personal and business separate, which is huge. 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 (laughs) All right. I want to ask a very interesting question, Margo, because for many people, myself included, I don't know whether this was part of your journey as well, but for many people who step out of a a traditional career and into uh, self-employment, we uh, bootstrap, you know, with our own personal credit, with our own personal funds. And, you know, as you mentioned, separating business and personal. I mean, I'm wise enough to know I have my own LLC and I have my bank account over here and I have my other bank account over here. But at the beginning, there's a lot of kind of mixing and matching of the money, so to speak. And so how do you help people to not only keep the personal and the business banking separate, but you know, when capital is required for cash flow constraints purposes, what do you advise your people, your clients to do to help them to kind of not fall down the rabbit hole of constantly going back into their own personal funds to keep their business flowing? Perfect question. Love that. So that's kind of how my course was created. I actually have a course that's called Accountable You. And it's really just, it's exactly what you just shared is to help you with all of that part, creating the corporation and uh, knowing, you know, all of those things. So how do you, what's your best, my best strategies that I've helped clients with is really keeping intact with those nine fundamentals and doing ways that are low hanging fruit before you know, taking on anything. So it's kind of like taking on, let's say, organic strategies for marketing versus paid, which is a huge, huge thing that like, I can think of like so many people that come to me, you know, because they're running Facebook ads, they're running Instagram and and all of these different things. And I'm going to say something that's controversial, but I'm going to put it out there is credit card debt is not bad. A loan isn't bad. 
a line of credit isn't bad. What's bad is if you don't use it to the potential of what it's there for. Like a line of credit is for a business to use for business growth. And if you keep with these strategies, along with the business growth, you're not going to get into a rabbit hole. People get into the rabbit holes when they're not keeping aligned with the strategy and monitoring it. If you go down into that rabbit hole and you don't look at it or you don't hire some type of support, that's when the rabbit hole begins and it just continues to pile on from there. Mm, Great. Well, and I think that there's also a lot of stress that can happen for business owners around cash flow in particular, because business is not, everybody thinks that, you know, just put A plus B together and it will equal C. But from my experience in every (coughs) business I've been in, I've been in real estate, I've had my own art gallery and healing arts center. I've been a consultant online for a dozen, 13 years now. Every single business I've been in, there's there's always the ebb and flow, you know, the up and down. And and for me, it's always been about okay, if I'm going to be on a roller coaster ride, let's not have it be too steep of a hill that we're going up because if you go too far up the hill, you know, coming down is going to be really really scary. So love this. In the last couple of minutes that we have, because we literally only have a couple of minutes, I'd love to have you share how you support your clients to be able to, yeah, just have the faith in themselves and also to use their sexy hot numbers (laughs) to support them. (laughs) Okay. So love all of that. And so the stress is generally from unawareness and it's not understanding. It's those two concepts. It's people just doing because their friend told them on the phone over like Snapple or like a, or some type of snack, but they really don't understand what they're doing. If you do it with support where you're really understanding it and that awareness and that you see what's happening when you're making those decisions, that's the alignment that happens. And this is particularly why I created the course is because part of the strategies in there is that I teach is that is giving you a strategy that when that does happen of like those body issues of how to take care of it yourself without thousands and thousands of dollars of therapy. And after being in that situation myself with somatic therapy and all of those things, you know, I've put in there those strategies to teach you so that when the money situations come up, you know, like I had at a point where like, I felt like I was going to vomit and all of those things. So being able to take yourself out of those situations it's not only just taking care of you out of your out of those situations, it's also saying no when it doesn't work for you and not doing what doesn't work for you. And that's really what it comes down to. It's saying no and that's a full sentence and just leaving it at that. I love it. No is a full sentence, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and no can often mean saying no to yourself when you get you know, all excited about the next shiny object. Making room for new things. Sorry to cut you off, but you say no and you bring in, you have space for what you really want to share and to do in the world. Yeah, beautiful. All right, Margo. Well, we thank you so much for being with us today. We are going to have all of the contact information for Margo in the show notes. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. That number will also be in the show notes for you or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at 
wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman and you have hot, sexy numbers. (laughs) All you need to do is look at them or get support to understand them and all will be well. Uh, Margo, this was fun today. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.